Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, and welcome to Montessori Talks, where we talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment and also other topics related to Montessori in general. And today's topic is going to be the fundamental needs of humans, which is one of my favorite lessons and charts in the Montessori environment. And it's really one of my all-time favorite lessons, period, in Montessori. And while I can't be sure if it's my enthusiasm about the lesson that has generated interest in my former students, it's always proven to be a crowd pleaser among even my most reluctant of learners. It's one of the lessons I enjoy introducing to new students as soon as possible, whether it be a new six-year-old entering the classroom or a new 11-year-old who's transferred from another school. These lessons really hold universal appeal and can be used for children of all ages. A lot of people think of fundamental needs as a younger child lesson, but I'm going to talk about some ways that you can use it with older kids as well. This lesson sparks great interest in children because even though many of the other elementary lessons and materials may seem unfamiliar to a child who's never been exposed to them, we can all relate to and identify our own personal and individual needs. The six-year-old child often enters the elementary environment with a limited understanding of what it means to have empathy for others. When considering a new older student, it is possible that they have not had a lot of exposure to the conversations in Montessori classrooms that lead to problem solving, identifying the needs of others, and developing empathy for their fellow humans depending on their prior school experiences. So this lesson is a great one for the children to be introduced to because many children can relate to it. And even if they can't relate to it, it's something that they will really need. And since elementary children want to become more 
well-versed in their social interactions, that's a big motivator for them to want to learn more about how to connect with each other. And this lesson really helps with that in an indirect sense. So after showing the chart and telling the story of the fundamental needs of humans, it's natural that the children will be excited to do some follow-up work. If you're presenting this lesson to a young group of children, the following activities have been proven to be crowd pleasers in my environments or in environments of others who I've talked to about this particular lesson. Children can draw their own chart. That's a very easy one to do in terms of we have lots of charts in Montessori classrooms and they can replicate their own. Children can also cut out images from magazines or print computer images and create a collage. I am going to date myself here, but we used to pull out the old National Geographics and cut out, you know, different types of food, clothing, transportation, shelter that, that we saw in those magazines. And children would make booklets or posters or collages from these images. And it's such a great way to integrate those non-readers or English language learners in particular. Children can make a booklet with either hand-drawn illustrations or images cut from the magazines. As I mentioned earlier, they can identify their favorite fundamental need and create a book or poster or collage on that specific and particular fundamental need. They can also make a list of the fundamental needs. Some children just really are list makers and enjoy making lists. And maybe they can make a list of each fundamental need and then write a list of words underneath that, that come to mind when they think of that need. For older children who are having their initial exposure to this lesson, they can create a comic strip of the story, they can write a summary, they can draw an illustration, they can write about the ways in which the physical needs are different from the spiritual needs, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. So let's talk about the fundamental needs of humans food chart, because remember, we have the regular fundamental needs chart, and then there's a specialized chart for food. So why do we have this specialized chart for food, but not any of the other needs? Well, there's a lot of thoughts around that. So that particular chart, that fundamental needs food chart is very detailed and it shows a variety of the kinds of foods that humans eat. And so why did we have this one and not others? It could be that food is a most central need that we have as humans. Without food, we wouldn't exist. So it is our number one fundamental need, right? So maybe showcasing that kind of like when we're talking about grammar, there's a lot of focus on the noun because, you know, without nouns, we really wouldn't have language. Another possible reason is that the foods chart can serve as an exemplar or a model of how a child can go more deeply with each of the fundamental needs on their own. If there were a chart for every single need, then that leaves very little for the child to discover on their own. Imagine being presented with the food chart and letting the students know that they can make their own detailed chart on any of the other fundamental needs. With the inspiration of the food chart, they will have a chart that acts as a model to them while at the same time they're generating their own original chart about another need of interest. And so that can be a real big motivation and it's always great to have exemplars for children to go off of. And they often create their own spin on things when they create their own chart. So now let's take a closer look at the spiritual needs. 
Looking closely at the fundamental needs of humans chart, you will notice that the majority of the chart is made up of material needs. Only a small corner is dedicated to spiritual needs. And if I can interject my opinion here, I believe that they are under-elaborated. An idea worth pursuing with older students is to ask them to create a more elaborate list of spiritual needs. That's one thing you could do. Marshall Rosenberg, a psychologist and the founder of the education program known as Nonviolent Communication, developed NVC, as he calls it, as the acronym, as a way to improve communication and conflict resolution skills and to help individuals and organizations better understand and meet their own needs and the needs of others. And through his work, Rosenberg sought to promote empathy, understanding, and connection among people. Connecting the fundamental needs of humans lesson and chart to Marshall Rosenberg's work will expand your students' emotional vocabulary and give them an expanded view of the spiritual needs. NVC has a needs inventory that you can share with your students, which contains a huge list of words that describe different needs that humans have. And if you look at the article contained along with this podcast, you will find the URL, but it's www.cnvc.org. And then you can look for the inventory of needs list. An example of these needs are appreciation, belonging, safety, support, and self-expression, just to name a few. These needs are abstract and therefore not something that can be easily drawn or created in the form of a tangible product. Helping children identify as many spiritual needs as possible is going to be something that you want to do. They can create a long list or possibly a chart with just the words. They can also write stories that incorporate as many of the spiritual needs as possible when describing the character's thoughts and feelings. Did you know that the fundamental needs chart can also be used as a handy outline for further research? The Fundamental Needs of Humans chart provides a visual framework for understanding human culture and the basic needs that all humans have. As such, it can serve as an outline for further research by providing a starting point for identifying the specific needs that a particular study or investigation aims to address. So the Fundamental Needs of Humans chart can be used as an outline for research in many different ways, and I'm just going to share a few different ways right now. By examining each of the fundamental needs listed on the chart and researching specific ways that these needs are met for different populations or individuals. So you can look at different populations or individuals in current times or from long ago. Children like to learn about ancient Egyptians or the Romans or the Mayans or the Aztecs, all different types of people. So they can get more specific and drill down in their studies when they are looking at the fundamental needs chart. They can also use the chart as an outline for research and report writing on a particular culture or time period. So maybe they want to look at the Renaissance or the Middle Ages or the Stone Age or the Iron Age. They could take the fundamental needs chart and use it as an outline for study in that regard. 
They can also use the chart as a starting point for identifying gaps or areas of need in a specific community or region and determining the most effective interventions or strategies for addressing those needs. This is a much more abstract concept that you probably wouldn't do for lower elementary, but your upper elementary students might get really interested in that particular idea. They always like to see what's missing and what's needed, and it's really great for them to uh, maybe they can look at different cultures or different communities and see ways that they can make a difference. I bet you didn't know that you could also use the fundamental needs chart with a fictional text. And I'm going to credit Elise Hineki Stone, who is an AMI trainer, for turning me on to this idea at a refresher course or something in one of the AMI conferences years ago, because she was the one who turned me on to this idea. While it is easy to imagine using it as an anchor for research, many people haven't considered the possibility of incorporating the fundamental needs chart with fictional stories and novels, and yet the possibilities are endless. The fundamental needs chart can be used with fictional novels in several ways. You can use the chart to analyze the ways that the characters in a novel are able to meet their fundamental needs and examine how those needs are fulfilled or unfulfilled throughout the story. You can also use the chart to identify conflicts or challenges that the characters in a novel face in meeting their fundamental needs and exploring how those challenges are addressed or resolved throughout the story. You can also use the chart to analyze the ways that the society or community described in a novel is designed to meet the fundamental needs of its members and identify how those needs are fulfilled or unfulfilled for different characters or groups. And if you want to make it really simple, you can just pull out a book like The Wrinkle in Time and have the children make a list of the food, the clothing, the shelter, all the different things that they are seeing in this book that are related to fundamental needs. And that will help them really look at the characters and the setting and the plot with a much more discerning eye. So the fundamental needs of humans chart can provide a useful framework for analyzing and interpreting the characters, plot, and themes of a fictional novel. You can also add your own stories. As a teacher, you can write your own stories about the fundamental needs of certain people and share them with the children for further inspiration. The children can also write their own stories about the fundamental needs of certain people. And I know that uh, there is an author and a Montessorian named Michael Dore who has written a book called The Deep Well of Time, and he has a lot of great extra stories in there that go beyond your albums. And he's actually coming out soon with a, a language version of that, like language stories, and then even another book after that. So lots of stories in the works that you can pull from those resources, but you can also create your own. Possible ideas for fundamental needs of human stories can include the following. Choose a specific culture or group of people to focus on and research their unique traditions, beliefs, and practices related to meeting their fundamental needs. Develop a plot or conflict that centers around the challenges the characters in your story face in meeting their fundamental needs and explore how they overcome those challenges. You can also use the fundamental needs of humans chart as a guide to explore how the characters in your story fulfill their fundamental needs and examine how those needs are met or unmet in the context of their culture. 
And also, you can use sensory details and descriptive language to bring the story to life and help the reader understand the experiences and emotions of the characters as they struggle to fulfill their fundamental needs. So these are just some ideas. And something else to note is that you can also just weave in the fundamental needs of humans into all areas of cosmic education, or even when you're doing a read aloud, you can connect what you are reading to the fundamental needs of humans. And it's really fun to be able to take all of those interesting lessons that we've learned in our Montessori albums and apply them to our real world experiences and settings. Another extension that you can do that I'm going to credit to my colleague, Nicole Redder, who is somebody I work with in Montessori teacher training, uh, which is the fundamental needs of animals. She was the one who told me about that idea, and I hadn't thought about that before. You might have yet to consider the idea that you could also use the chart to focus on animals, but you can. Children love studying animals, so this entryway into history could be a natural transition to the study of biology, where children can learn how animals satisfy their needs. The Fundamental Needs of Humans chart can provide a useful framework for understanding the fundamental needs of animals and the way that those needs can be met or unmet in different contexts. Here are some different ways that you can use the chart. You can examine the needs of animals and comparing them to the needs of humans. You can use the chart as a starting point for identifying commonalities and differences in the ways that humans and animals meet their fundamental needs. So you can really look at similarities and differences, which is a great thing for particularly your older students to be doing, but even your younger students as well. You can have them use the chart to analyze the ways that different species of animals have adapted to meet their fundamental needs in different environments. You can also use the chart to explore the ethical and moral dimensions of meeting the fundamental needs of animals and examining the ways that human actions can impact the ability of animals to fulfill those needs. Again, there you are getting into the sort of uh, moral and ethical dilemmas that upper elementary children in particular start becoming very interested in. So some final thoughts here. The Fundamental Needs of Human Chart provides a helpful springboard for further research on various topics related to human well-being and development. By examining the fundamental needs listed on the chart, researchers can identify gaps or areas of need in specific communities or regions and develop interventions or strategies to address those needs. The chart can also be used to understand the root causes of social or health problems and to analyze the ways that different systems are designed to meet the fundamental needs of individuals and communities. So that you can see, these are some topics that you can go to that go well beyond those introductory lessons for fundamental needs and can really address the needs and the intellect of the upper elementary child in particular. Overall, the chart provides a valuable framework for conducting research on the fundamental needs of humans and the ways that those needs can be met or unmet in different contexts. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. 
Head to trulymontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.